Hey folks, thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us get as seen by as many eyeballs as possible. You can also directly support Sex Talk as a super fan on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash sex talk with Erica Miley. And for just the cost of a cup of coffee, y'all... You should know I love my coffee. (laughs) You help Sex Talk with editing, hosting, and getting the word out to others just like you. Help to spread curiosity about sex and keep the knowledge bombs dropping to everybody that has or wants to have sex. And a big thank you to those of you who've already become super fans. You're rock stars and I so appreciate you. That's patreon.com slash sex talk with Erica Miley. All right, let's get into the episode. Sex talk with Erica Miley Cause sexuality is tough And okay, sex just isn't good enough No, sex talk with Erica Miley. Hey folks, welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. I have a wonderful human being with me today, G.S. Youngblood, men's coach and author of The Masculine in Relationship. Welcome. Thank you, you are, for being you, here. You are very kind, Erica. It's good to be here. So I, I, I'm just absolutely fascinated by the, like your perspective of masculinity. We're going to like dive super, super deep into like gender norms and how we got here. Yeah. But I do want to make sure that we kind of talk about the idea of like a frame of understanding that gender norms are are something that we're taught. Like, do you have a sense of like how that came about for you? You mean like my, how was, how was my worldview formed? Yes. Around masculinity in particular, I imagine. Yeah. I had, um, yeah, I had a sense of what a masculine energy was. My father, he, he, it wasn't overt Mm. or sorry, it wasn't explicit, but implicitly he had a very masculine presence Mm. and he really handled things in our, in, in our family life. Um, he, uh, led in a lot of ways and my mom really trusted him. And so it was a, I had a great role model for that, but you know, somewhere along the way, I, I think I lost my own way. And I was, I was married for 10 years and that marriage ended about 10 years ago. And I was married to a very strong, capable woman. Mm-hmm. And while I was attracted to that, I actually didn't know how to be with that. This is what I realize now in retrospect is I didn't know how to be with that strength that I was so attracted to. And I just want to pause there for a minute. Do you know how many times I hear this in my, in my office? Like uh, I hear it from both sides. Like I hear, I hear, uh, I hear from many a Volvo owner. Uh, I am strong and I am capable yet when I get with someone, they seem to want that and then reject it. Mm. And then I also hear from many of my penis owners. Mm I, like this, but I don't know how to express myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this dynamic you're talking about, I hear a lot. Yeah. This is the Gordian knot that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to contribute to untangling with the book. Yeah. And yeah, it's great for the, cause at first the, the, the women are like, 
you know, the, the man will go into this and experience her strength. He doesn't necessarily know how to be with it. Mm-hmm. And so he'll kind of pull back and he'll be a little bit easier going and, you know, he'll, he'll follow her lead at times and give her what she wants. And, and for the women I talk to, they're like, yeah, it's great at first. And then at some point I find myself wondering like, where are you? Like, where, where are you in this mix? Yeah. You know, what are your opinions and needs? And, mm. and I think that was a path that I followed. I can speak to that intimately, you know, yeah. starting 20 years ago, ending 10 years ago was just at the end, it was about, okay, I, I'm just going to try to avoid trouble here because mm. I want to keep the peace. And I actually thought that was what would be, uh, what was good for us. It turned out it was the exact opposite of what, uh, we needed. And, and drove I, I hear her you like talking away. about a, a norm that I hear a lot, happy wife, happy life. Yes. But that then you lose your entire, your own identity in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just did a video on, uh, or, or an interview on ABC called happy wife, happy life. Not so fast. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> ah, perfect. it was exactly that. that. It was like, no, that's actually not true. And when I hear men say things like that, I mm-hmm. know that they're in a bad state. You know, when yeah. they say, oh, you know, got to keep the boss happy. And they, they, they talk about these things and it's, it's sort of a joke, but there is a grim, dark humor underneath that. And oh, yeah. it usually, it usually belies a dynamic where he's just abdicated and yes. said, okay, I'm just going to do whatever it takes to keep the peace. Like, like I did. Oh, know? and there's some like parentification that's happening between them in mm, some way, more. like, more. like, uh, for many of my Volvo owners, they're talking about, oh, well. I'm having to remind him of everything yeah. or I'm having to keep this check checklist and uh, very much him not stepping up. And I'm not hearing this in a like, well, a man is awful way. It's more that this, this dynamic has shifted that abdication that you've talked about, the abdication of identity for both of them as romantic partners, as opposed to parent child. Yeah. And and the minute a woman feels like she's having to be mommy for for like Mm -mm. game over. Yeah. Sex is going to be out the window real fast. Yeah. In the, in the, in the scenario you described it, she's providing structure. Yeah. You know, she's having to remind him or keep checklists. And mm-hmm. this is actually in the, in the book I wrote, there's, I, I offer a blueprint. It's a three part blueprint for what I think is the, the template for a masculine core and, um, provide structure is part two of that. And so yeah. if he's abdicated providing structure and she's having to step in and do that, because remember, we're talking about capable women, so they can, mm-hmm. of course they can do that. Yeah. They just, they just don't want to have to do that and have to provide that structure all the time. And it's, it's a relief when the man finally steps up and actually brings his own structure to the relationship. It's not like he's the only one that should. Yeah. It's just that he needs to bring a lot of structure to the relationship. And so that's, that's where I see a lot of men falling down. And so that was my journey, you know, and that takes me up to about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years before that, I just started to get into self-development work. And first it was the authentic relating world. And then a few years later, mm-hmm. I moved into more of the masculine feminine polarity dynamics that, that I think David data is the most prominent voice mm-hmm. in, in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started studying with David way back when, and then one of his, uh, his students after that. Mm-hmm. And so it's been 12 years of men's work for me that, that, mm-hmm. um, coupled with, being in another long-term relationship for about seven or eight years, uh, which was my laboratory, you know, what works, what opens her, what closes the connection between us and all of that codified into the, into the book that, uh, that we're talking about today. 
I think that's beautifully put like the, mm-hmm. the self-exploration and how that, um, the, and the mentorship that you sought out, I, I'm hearing that mm-hmm. kind of helped you, led you down this path to exploring this in a very rich way through this book. Now yeah. I, I would say like, I, I'm just for the audience sake, like, yeah, we're going to talk a lot in kind of the gender binary, but we're also going to be talking about, uh, very much the idea of masculinity and, and femininity and how that can, can really, mm-hmm. when I see throughout my, my clients and, and my listeners like that can actually exist in whatever body that yeah. is. So yeah. uh, you listeners out there just uh, zoom out as much as you can and understand that masculinity can look very different for a lot of people and femininity can look yeah. a lot very different for a lot of people. Yeah. I'll make the gender references, but like you said, it, it, it applies no matter what sexual orientation, gender orientation doesn't matter. These are energies we're talking about. Yes. It's just like I choose one set of pronouns because mm-hmm. that's who I'm talking to, but mm-hmm. adapt it, adapt as you will. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think you, you did, you said something really interesting about, um, you describe this issue for men that, that they will often blame the Volvo owner, yeah. right? Like the, the, for being bitchy, frigid and, and that it is that kind of externalization, taking that blame inside and go, Oh, here you yeah. go. I'm going to hand that to you. And yeah. I know y'all are listening. I'm literally handing it <laughs> to Jess here and it, Turn it, you, you turn this around and squarely hand it back to the penis owner. Tell me, tell me about that. There's a, there's a phrase I use in the book a few times. It is, it doesn't matter whose fault it is or how Mm -hmm. you got here. You are the solution to lead you out of this. And I'm saying Mm -hmm. that squarely to the men, um, because I want to have a message of total responsibility for the men. That's my audience. And you know, anytime that you're thinking, okay, she needs to change for this to get better. You're just going to, then you're just going to wait because you're basically outsourcing, you know, the solution. So I, I tell the men to really look at themselves. You are the solution. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how you got here. And here's what men do. And I'll say we, because I'm going to include myself in that, Mm. you know, the feminine isn't inherently, and typically can have more emotional, uh, highs and lows, uh, a little more emotional chaos at times. I think that's part of the definition of the feminine doesn't necessarily mean females. Mm-hmm. And, you know, men, we, unfortunately we, we're in our analytical minds mm-hmm. a lot. And so we stay at that analytical, that factual level. And so we're like two ships in the night, you know, when, mm-hmm. when there's an emotional situation, we'll often try to meet it with facts. And so we have this paradigm of, of facts and so when we see your behavior and here's the punchline, we're just confused. Like we're, we're like, I don't get this. Like mm-hmm. we're genuinely and innocently in some ways, you know, confused. It doesn't fit our worldview. And so we have to, we have to create some certainty around confusion. And the way that we do that is we go to the mind and we label like, that's what the human mind does. I mean, you know, this as a psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. So we have to create some explanation for this uncertainty. And so the C word is what we put on there. Crazy. Mm. And then once we do that, we can dismiss, you know, like you're just being crazy, you know, come yeah. back when you come back when you're That's calm not down. Mine. Yeah. And so in your, in your mind as a man, you're like, I, I can't do anything. You need to change. And that's the blame that you refer to. Mm. And so what I, what I'm trying to do with the men in, in this book and in my coaching is number one, you are the solution. You may or may not be the problem, but you are the solution. So that's one, it's that total responsibility. And then mm. I'm really trying to untangle the, the, um, the ways that we don't understand the crazy. And, and really, if you know what's going on, it makes perfect sense. Usually if your woman is acting 
crazy. In quotations. She, she does. Yeah, exactly. In quotations. Right. Yeah, you're right. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're quoting over yeah, here. I'll be sure that <laughs> you'll see it in the video. If you get quotes. some video, y'all, you'll see us quoting. <laughs> but I try to get them to understand that it's actually very simple. I was just on it with a client this morning. I was explaining this exact thing to him. It's very mm -hmm. simple when you really understand what's going on. She doesn't feel loved or led. She's usually feeling like there's no leadership on your part. You're just leaving her to her own devices, whether it be logistically in the world or emotionally in her heart, or she doesn't feel the connection between you. She doesn't feel your presence, your con the connection with you, uh, your attention on her. She just, mm -hmm. again, she feels the connection severed. So she feels very alone. Mm. That's when the, and here's the air quotes again, that's when yeah. the crazy happens because it's so painful to her, fem to, to the feminine part of her heart. Mm -hmm. to not feel your leadership, to not feel the connection with you. Um, yeah. And so of this course, she, I honestly, I honestly yeah. see this with my clients, this, the disconnection that you're talking about often, uh, men will talk about like that, that externalization and mm -hmm. women will say like, I don't see him showing up. Yeah. And so I, uh, often with men, I'm, I'm trying to help them like, Oh, what, what is this feeling actually? Mm -hmm. Rather than mm -hmm. you just saying, she's crazy. What is this mm -hmm. feeling inside of you that you're so reticent to yeah. even say out loud? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I coach men very similar. How do, like, how do you get to the feeling level? And I've got a couple of quotes in the book. Um, one of my favorites is, you know, hear the pain, not the blame. Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's, we're not letting the feminine off the hook here. Often, <laughs> often when there's, you know, there's an expression of their own uh, emotional pain, it comes with some blaming and shaming. Mm -hmm. And that's where the toxic, that's for me, that's a big part of the, you know, quote unquote, the toxic feminine is when there's that blaming and shaming that gets intermixed with their expression of pain. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that can be, you know, that can be very challenging for most men. So I say, hear the pain, not the blame. So I'm asking them, inviting them to see past the, the blame and the things that are, that you want to defend yourself against mm -hmm. and simply see your baby is hurting. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like my baby's hurting. Like she wouldn't be acting like this if she wasn't hurting. And just like you would look at your five-year-old daughter who was throwing a fit and be like, Oh, sweetie, come here. You know, you'd scoop her up and you'd hold her. Yep. That's actually generally what your woman is wanting when she's, I mean, not always, I'm not, I'm not uh, making an absolute statement, but it's often mm -hmm. what they're actually wanting. And so to the man, it looks like she wants to kill you. Mm -hmm. She actually wants you to come closer. Mm, you're talking yeah. about something that many of my clients struggle with is that there mm -hmm. is a, uh, we talk about it in this sense of attachment. So mm -hmm. when your inner child is throwing a fit, regardless yeah. of, of what your genitals look like, you actually are much more likely to want to be more connecting than disconnecting. Yeah. Except your external behavior says something different, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's that, yes, oh, that yeah. yeah, we all do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Sue Johnson's work is really good in this, in this yes. space, you know, she's great. Uh, so when you think about how, this masculine energy takes leadership. Mm -hmm. I, and I want to kind of jump right into sex. We're going to, we're going to talk here in a second. We're going to get to American culture. Y'all stay tuned. It's coming. It's all coming. We, we got a lot to talk about today. So like this masculine energy, how does it then impact the sexual dynamic? 
Well, you know, a man who is starting to abdicate, uh, and let, actually, let me just talk about abdication, then I'll answer your question directly. Yes. But, you know, abdication is when you just stop tuning into your own preferences, your mm-hmm. own needs, and particularly your own boundaries. And this is one of the things I, I really teach men, like, don't worry about her. Let's first start to develop your own sense of being tapped into your own desires. And there's a whole chapter, chapter 10 on, on desire. So we, I get men to just kind of remember that they actually have preferences and opinions and needs and boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so a man who's, who's abdicated all that, like he's formless and she just, she's like, how do I even relate to you and orient around you? So in the bedroom, it, it translates into a mindset of like, okay, what does she want? You know, what's going to feel good. And it usually comes when the man's not quite as confident in his ability to arouse or pleasure his woman. Mm-hmm. And so he just, he keeps look, he either is kind of passive and sort of waits for her to do something mm-hmm. or he's very tentative and, she, and, oh, you know, the women can feel that if you're tentative in sex, like, Pretty much all women are going to feel that and they're going to be, it's going to be kind of revulsive to them. I'm not, you know, of course that's, that's not an absolute statement, but I think it's in general, pretty true when, when uh, the man is tentative like that. And so the sex ends up being kind of flat, kind of vanilla, you know, you, you do the missionary position and you do some oral sex and it's kind of the standards. Um, mm-hmm. and it's it a very boring. practiced pattern. Right. I, ha- I must do A, B, C, D, E, and this is the only way I know how to do it. So it's the only way I'm going to have sex right. with anybody. And I don't think that this yeah. is necessarily specific to like the masculine energy. I think many feminine energy folks experience this too. And I think this directly comes from the lack of knowledge about sex, but we could be here all day about that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, course the, someone who has more masculine energy might feel more timid if they have no clue what a vulva actually looks like and how they might look different across different uh, partners that you experience. And that, and if that vulva owner has no idea how to, their vulva operates, they don't know how to express it. So the, what yeah. you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. And, and I'll, I want to add something to both points you made. You know, the first one about the men is you have got to tap into you. In, you've got to improve your skills and your yes. confidence. And your confidence comes from just knowing what you're doing. Tap into the resources, not porn. That's not mm-hmm. a resource. That's not That's an performance. Yeah. <laughs> And not real life. No. But there's tons of resources. Like Sherry Winston's book is awesome. And, and I'm sure you, you've got it. I mean, it's a great uh, review of the female anatomy. Like mm-hmm. just know where all the, all the nerve endings in the clit are. You know, where, mm-hmm. where are the sensitive parts? It's more than you think as an example here. That's so, cool. men, you've really got to get out there and get healthy resources. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do this in my one-on-one coaching with men of, of instructing them on different techniques they can use it's not only the techniques, it's the energies. It's like, first let's work on the energy and then I can work on with techniques. Um, I actually have a workshop that I'm about to roll out this year on, on bringing some of that darker energy to sexuality. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah. Because most, the, the most women I've talked to, they say, I, I like the light energies. I want him to be loving, connected, um, all of those things that are light energies but mm, I really want this dark energy too out of my lover. And it's both, you know, if it's just the dark, then it becomes kind of like alpha domineering, which is not what anybody, it gets old. Mm-hmm. If it's just the light, it's like nice guy. Mm-hmm. But if it's, you know, if you actually couple those two things together, that's when, you know, a lot of women get 
really interested because it has that both sides of it. So, oh, you mean our arousal is more complex and nuanced than just A, B, C, D, E, F, G? I've, I've heard rumors. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, that's my one point to the men is just, you know, you got to develop your skills because then you'll go for more assertively. Now on the flip side, the, you said vulva owners don't necessarily know how their vulva works. I would, I would supplement that and say, a lot of women that I've talked to haven't been with a man that felt that men then feel like totally safe where they can truly yes. fully relax into their body and actually experience their deepest pleasure. And mm. that happens when the man has built trust and safety, you know, within her or helped create that. And um, um, that needs to be on a shirt, Jess. Um, um, and I need a coffee mug that says it because this is it, yeah. fundamentally, fundamentally, this is a big part of the dynamic that happens between uh, many of a, a vulnerable owner and a penis yeah. owner is because of this lack of trust in self and or your partner. Yeah. Yeah. The best sex happens when she feels safe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then she starts to open. And um, yeah, I mean, there's a, a woman I talked to who, who had just had a last boyfriend and he was just like, you, you're kind of just, you're too still in bed, you know? And she's like, well, you know, it's because I don't trust you. And he was like, no. So he actually broke up with her. This is a wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. And then her, her next lover was just made her feel so safe. And this is her own sharing, but then she became an animal in bed. This is mm-hmm. her own words about herself. Mm-hmm. And it was totally dependent on how much trust the man was, was how much sense of safety the man was fostering in her. Yes. Um, so it, ch- it changes everything. So men, if you're, if your woman doesn't feel into sex or not interested or doesn't feel animated, it's probably something in this realm. You know, it's either you don't have the skills and you haven't made her feel safe or you haven't led so that she can just surrender into your lead. You know, it's, it's, it's often, it comes back to you more often than you think, uh, this is what I say to men. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you're, you're helping them take that externalization, your, uh, your mm-hmm. fault, and then mm-hmm. bringing it squarely inside and saying, how, what can you do? Yeah. And that you're tackling a, a sense, I would imagine. I'm, I'm not a penis owner. I would imagine you are tackling a sense of powerlessness that can happen for oh, many, wow. many men. Wow. It's so pervasive. They don't know what to do. They feel like less of a man. And, and I'll be honest. I can say that because that's how I felt at the end of my marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt emasculated at the end of that marriage. And, um, and I want to say to the men, you can change this. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't even, you don't even have to have a new partner for this to change. You can do this with your current partner, no matter how strong she is Mm. ruling out, you know, other factors like mental illness or, you know, other like deep trauma that's beyond your capabilities. But if we're not talking about that, like every man can change that feeling. You could become powerful and you don't, here's the, here's almost the main crux of the book, or at least Mm -hmm. the, uh, like an overarching issue. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to come at the expense of her power. Yes. You can coexist yes. with it. And it's not, yes. I'm not, yes. <laughs> Hell yeah, Erica. Yes, preach. You do not have to, neither one of you yeah. have to be powerless. Right. And that's, see, that's the old school view of things that it's a zero sum game. And that's why yeah. many men have become such nice guys because it's like, she's so powerful. So he just, he sort of retreats mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to come at the expense of home power. You can honor her full power. Like the, mm-hmm. you know, the last long relationship I was in, this woman was powerful. She had a very mm-hmm. powerful masculine, very powerful uh, feminine. And so, yeah, I had to 
be at the top of my game to kind of settle that side of her that would feel unsafe where she had to go into her masculine out of Mm self-protection and it allowed her to stay in her feminine most of the time. I mean, obviously it it would flare up and, um, but that's the art of masculinity. If you ask me and what I'm trying to teach in this book is how do you be in a way that just has her relax into your lead? Not all the time, but, uh, many times, particularly in intimacy. And that's what I'm trying to teach the men. Let's talk about that leadership word. Uh, you're creating something together, right? Like the, and you and I were talking before we started to record yeah. the, this idea of team sexual creation yeah. can involve these sexy dynamics of leadership. So yeah. what does leadership for the masculine in the bedroom even look like? Yeah, I have a whole chapter on sexual leadership in the in the book. And so many men complain to me that they're not getting enough sex in their relationship. And after you dig into it, I realize what's happening is they're sort of waiting around for her just to show up aroused. And they feel like beggars at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she, I mean, I was, again, I was just on the phone with a client and he was saying this exact thing and he's starting to get pissed. He's, he's feeling some resentment because now mm-hmm. he feels like a beggar. Like they only have sex when she wants to have sex. And then mm-hmm. he feels disregarded. He feels angry and it's not a good dynamic at all. And so what I try to teach the men is you don't have to wait for her sexuality. You can lead her into her arousal. You can lead her into her openness. You can lead her to her pleasure. Mm-hmm. And you have to take that mindset. Now, this is all obviously assuming there's consent. It's not, I don't mean, I don't mean, right. you know, drag her to her pleasure. That's not well, what we're saying. And, and I think her. it's helpful to say that, right? Like we're not talking about like coerciveness. This right. is completely different. This is yeah. with a negotiated conversation between two consulting teammates. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, let's bookmark that. Cause I want to talk about how domination fits into that statement, but Whoop. I want to, I want to finish the first part first. So, you know, you talk about co-creation. So men, it is you leading her. And in the book, I go through all these different ways that you can, you can start to take the lead in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it starts with a mindset of, okay, I'm going to lead, but then you can't just like domineer her or sort of unconsciously lead her into this script that you came up with in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, to lead requires attunement. And this is one of the things I talk about in the book is you've got to be really attuned to, to her state, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if you're, if you want to roll her over and, and change your position, um, or do something maybe new and different. Like you need to be, you need to watch your eyes. You need to watch her facial expression. You need to sense into her breath, you know, mm-hmm. looking for whether is this leading her to pleasure or does it not quite feel good? Then you just sense and adjust and sense and adjust. So you want to lead, but you also have to be very attuned uh, mm-hmm. to her state and so that you can adjust uh, as you go. And so go, again, going back to your question, you know, co-creation, it means you have to be an active participant, men. It means you need to actually bring something to the table. Over here. Yeah. It means you need to bring some ideas and some, uh, introduce things and then make them happen and, um, take the lead. That's what I say. Take the lead. Now I think this also starts yeah. before you get there. Yes. Like if she's worried about whether or not you made your doctor's appointment. Yeah. That's not sexy shit. 
Yeah. It's just not. And there, I mean, we have tons of research to show men stay alive longer, especially when they're in relationships. And part of it is because of these <laughs> tiny little yeah. instances in, in relationship dynamics. Yeah. And so I think that leadership that you're talking about starts, a, starts well before you get to that bed. And and in your own life, like you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I do go over this point in the book, so I'm glad you brought it up. Um, yeah, there's a number of things. If you if there's an impairment to the heart connection between you, there's been a bit of a breach that still mm. lingers for her. She's not going to feel as sexual. So one of the things I say is like, you really need to do an inventory. Are there any little breaches in the connection in trust that, that kind of, you didn't, you didn't tie off and you and linger a little bit. Yeah. She's probably not going to be feeling sexy for a while after that. And you get mm -hmm. enough of those, then they build up chronically and then she's chronically feeling not sexual. So you got to handle those. Um, you know, things like one of the things I talk about is floor play throughout the day. You know, you mm -hmm. can't just, you can't just come home from work and you come home for work and think that you're going to get down. Mm -mm. You know, you've got to, you've got to really, um, throughout the day, I encourage men to really keep, you know, keep her mind a little bit on the connection between the two of you, a little bit on the sensual, you know, and so you can mm -hmm. send sexy texts to her, you know, and I, I usually coach don't send, it's not like explicit texts. No, you're not sexy. You don't want to come out the gate with the dick pic, man. Exactly. Even with your own wife. Yeah. But be like, say, oh, like, where's this from? How? Yeah. It's like, huh? what the do you have fuck? something yeah. on there I'm supposed to look at? Do you yeah. want me to that? Like what? <laughs> exactly. Not sexy. But to say, you know, like I've been thinking about you all day. You know, I can't wait to get my hands on you tonight. You know, little things like that, that are yep. just on the edge of sexuality, but more in the sensuality space. So mm -hmm. foreplay throughout the day. So dealing with the heart connection and any impairments foreplay throughout the day. Um, you know, these are things that I think you're referring to of like, it starts well before the bedroom. And I think men kind of intellectually know that, but they don't act on it. And so mm -hmm. these are some of the ways that you can do that, uh, and open her up even before you get into the bedroom. Yes. How hot is it? I mean, and uh, this isn't, I, I want to challenge many of our penis owners listening right now that mm -hmm. it's not only getting your partner hot throughout the day, it's getting you hot throughout the day. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many uh, men I've worked with who've come to me because they're con very concerned about like erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. They're very concerned about premature ejaculation. And what you're asking of them is to slow the fuck down mm -hmm. so that they can connect and be aware of the journey to that, to pleasure mm -hmm. without being so anxious about the actions. Yes. That's what I'm yeah. hearing from you. Yeah, it's, it is the number one thing you can do as a man for better sexuality is to slow down mm -hmm. like literally three times slower. So whether that's the pace of how you move through sexuality, whether yeah. that's literally how long it takes for your hand to rub down her leg, like it's, it's an aphrodisiac to slow down, you know, three X mm -hmm. when you, when you touch her. So absolutely. I love that Erica. It's like, there's nowhere to be, there's nowhere to get, there's nothing to perform. And you can't just tell yourself, I'm okay. Don't be anxious. Like Gregory, don't be anxious. That's you right. have to, you actually have to do the embodiment work to settle your nervous system. You have to build mm -hmm. the skills. So you feel confidence 
And I think, Erica, the part we didn't touch on is it's okay in sexuality to have a little bit of a dialogue, you know, so it doesn't have to be like you just uh, fire and forget on something you're doing with her. You know, you might be like, you know, how does it feel, baby? And you can, you can actually occasionally check in with her and then listen to the answer. And if she says that hurts, don't get all like, Ooh, sorry, you know, don't get all freaked out. Be like, Oh, okay. Well, how about this? You know? Mm. And, um, I'll tell her consent can be sexy and it can be done along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Either in advance or along the way. Like, do you like, do, you know, you could even ask permission of like, how is, how would you be if I gave you a little spank on the ass? You know, mm -hmm. if, you, if that's some like if impact play was something that you were introducing, like you can ask that yes. and it's okay. Now don't overdo it, men, where you you're asking for everything, but then, cause then it gets kind of unsexy at that point, but it, mm -hmm. you know, that occasional check-in. Um, and this is what allows you to go into, and I'm going to get back to it here into a little bit more domination, a little bit more power dynamic play, mm. you know, 50 shades of gray struck a chord. Yes. Sexy dynamics. We're all, yeah. we're all Dr. Justin Lee Miller told us yeah. in his book, we're all, a lot of us are mm -hmm. fantasizing about BDSM and these right. sexy, sexy dynamics. Right. Yeah. And, and I think unfortunately BDSM gets, uh, I won't say a bad rap, but we think that it's, it's the extreme version where you're, you know, you got the, the, the crop and you're, you know, yeah, you're everybody's right. bleeding and then right, exactly. <laughs> and so it's, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's not actually, well, it can mm -hmm. be like that, but it, it wouldn't be yeah. sort of for the rest of us who are more normal. Um, it or can typical. actually be or typical. There you go. Yeah. It can be quite, um, I don't know, much more accessible is the word that comes to mind. And so, you know, even, it, you know, you're not necessarily having to tie somebody up, but you mm. can, as a man, you can reach behind her and put your arms behind her back where you've pulled her arms like this and just, mm -hmm. you can hold her as a man. And so she's right there and you've got her arms pulled back like this. And then you've got a hand to just gently caress her face or maybe move down under her chest, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's these little things where you constrain her, which you're taking techniques and energies from BDSM, but it's not like you're at a dungeon, you know, mm -hmm. and, and doing this full Christian gray thing. Mm -hmm. So these are power dynamics. And if you both choose to play in that and you, you kind of need to get some consent up front, but if, if she's like, okay, yeah. Um, then you can start to play with these power dynamics and that just even that one hold is one very simple example of, of, you know, one way to do that. So I'll, I'll pause there for a second, but it's like getting into these domination energies, mm -hmm. I think is where sex gets really hot because yeah. you have what's, what's called polarity, right? You know, you have one person who's surrendering and one person who's, you know, penetrating. And I don't mean yes. literally, but I mean, energetically penetrating and mm -hmm. leading and directing. And that's a fun energy to surrender yes. into. Uh, uh, one of my favorite sex educators, uh, Midori talks about this in, in the form of appetites. Mm, and I think more. that is a beautiful way to think about it, that it's a, it's not a noun, it's a verb. These are actions we do and we can shift gears. We can, mm -hmm change roles mm -hmm. we can play with who gets to be more dominant mm -hmm. and this sexy dynamic you're talking about first starts with trust building yes foundation. and then 
walking through this with consent and getting to know your partner's wants and needs and, and body and cues. And then also then adding different appetites and playing with them. I'm just hearing a lot more variety than we must do A, B, C, D, E. Yeah. It's a lot sexier to have these when you introduce even the smallest amount of these power dynamics. Um, it, it can add a whole new dimension to your, to your sexual life for sure. It sounds like way more fun than just masturbating on top of each other. It is. <laughs> so I do want to talk about like just briefly before we wrap mm-hmm. up, like do we think that these like um, the, the masculine and feminine energies and how it kind of plays out is, is it unique to American culture? Do you think? Um, well, American culture started to turn into like rampant nice guy syndrome, unfortunately, (laughs) you know, the, the pendulum has swung too far Mm. and, but that's okay. I mean, that's, that's how things work. Like Mm -hmm. you, you have thousands of years of, you know, male domination or domineering and misogyny. Mm -hmm. So of course it's going to swing too far. So Mm -hmm. I don't get too worked up about that, but so many guys have become nice guys. And, and their women are withering because of it. So American culture has swung the other way. You don't see that as much in Latin culture. You see Mm -hmm. more of an acceptance of being whistled at on the, on the, on the, uh, on the street as a woman. And, Mm -hmm. and women's actually a lot of Latin cultures. There's more appreciation of that. You see more Mm -hmm. domineering by the man and you see that mindset in, in a lot of Latin cultures. It's just a mindset of a man of like, he's, he's, He's penetrative in his energy. And that seems to be acceptable. Now there's, it's great. I think because you still have that fieriness and there's also the dark side, right? The the underbelly of that is there's going to be more, uh, subjugation, you know, more Mm -hmm. oppression of women. And so, you, you know, like it just is what it is. You have both. There's some good parts about that. And there's some really actually not good parts about that. You know, we've swung the other way where the guys are now holding back and nice guys, which I don't know. Then you have the European corollary, which, which, and again, Europe has a lot of different cultures, but some of the, some of the Northern countries, my experience Mm -hmm. of talking to men and women in those is it's very egalitarian. Yes. And I actually <laughs> like, the, especially the Nordics, that is ve- incredibly, yes. the dynamic yeah. are very different. Yeah. And, and that's where the, the phrase paint, you know, going Dutch where you both pay mm-hmm. came from, mm-hmm. you know, it's because, and so, you know, I have my opinions on that, that I wouldn't impose on anybody else, mm-hmm. but I tend to think that leads to, um, a flatter relationship actually. And I, I, I actually have a, a, I have a client who's from a Northern country, mm-hmm. unnamed, and he is with a woman who's from, uh, an other Western European cultures. I won't even name this, this, the, Fair. you know, the countries, we got, we're keeping it's people safe. You're one good. of those hot, it's one of those hot blooded European, uh, countries. Mm-hmm. And they, he's just like, man, I don't know what to do here. Cause she excites him, but he's like, I have never dealt with anybody like this before. Right. right. Those so, cultural traditions are yeah. shaping how they're responding to one another. And that's why we're talking about this. And I, because I think it's really important to understand that the, the stereotypes of gender, the, the stereotypes of masculine and femi- feminine look different across the world. Yeah. That, and oftentimes in our dynamics and how they play out can actually be fairly similar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we could be here, like we say, could be here all day just talking. Day, we could yeah. deconstruct gender all day. <laughs> yeah, we could. You know what's coming up for me though is is as we talk about cultural norms, mm-hmm. 
the thought that comes up for me is that sometimes we were, it's the water we're swimming that we can't see. Yes. And I think that's where the problem comes is when we make these assumptions about what things should be and yes. what feels normal. And so you reject other models and you're, we're just unconscious about it. And I would, I would encourage, you know, American culture, Latin culture, European culture, any, any man or woman to just wake up. Mm -hmm. But there's just, there's no preordained way of being. It's about how you choose to be and mm -hmm. what you choose to develop and what you want to co-create with your partner, as you brought up, Erica, mm -hmm. you know, and so be more conscious, be more open, be more awake to, uh, there, there's no rules here. There's choices about what energies you want to play with, inhabit and bring to the table. Beautifully put here, yeah. the pain, not the blame. It's going in the episode, man. It's it. going in the episode. So how do people find you in the world? Uh, easiest way is go to my website, gsyoungblood.com. Uh, really encourage people to get on my mailing list. You'll hear about new trainings and new offerings, online courses and things like that. Um, on that website, you'll see information about both my one-on-one -on -one coaching and my group coaching. And mm -hmm. then you'll, you'll soon see my meditation course or my embodiment exercises course uh, available for sale a little bit later this year. Mm. And then you can uh, follow me on Instagram, which is GS Youngblood MIR, and um, Facebook, GS Youngblood One. And then also for the men, there's a. Um, there is a discussion group on Facebook called the masculine in relationship. And, you know, it's men supporting each other and putting their, their questions out there and other men will answer them and I'll answer them. Um, so those are the best ways to get a hold of me or see my work. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We yeah. just, we, we went all over the ocean today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Folks, thanks for sticking around to the end. We will see you next time.